You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. We just thank you that the rivers of living water are flowing this morning. We thank you that there has been an impartation that uh, it's almost like where there was a dry and weary land where there is no water out of Psalm 63. There is the river of living water that has saturated the places where we have been dry, have saturated the places that we have been um, needing. And God, you are sending us, you're sending us, and we receive that impartation. We receive that. It really is a mantle that is being released over us, a mantle of moving forward, a mantle of not only knowing that we've been called, but activating the calling wherever we go. So God, we just thank you that you have imparted, you have stirred up, you have confirmed, you have released, you have shut those doors that needed to be shut. You've opened the doors we need to cross. And God, we see the threshold in front of us. And even as a prophetic act, we step over the threshold, Lord, and we step into this new place that you have us. You're doing a new thing and we are perceiving it. You are announcing it and we are perceiving it. No longer can we see through a lens of fog, but the fog has been lifted. The vision has been clear. And now we know where to step. And even though we may not have the minute detail, what we have is the power of the spirit living in us, releasing us into the places unknown. And God, we just thank you that everywhere our footsteps, we will take the territory. We thank you, Lord, that we will not jump back. We will jump in. And uh, the Lord showed me a, a few weeks ago, actually, while I was on sabbatical, that Ezekiel 47 about the, the rivers um, and how they run and there's healing in the leaves. He said, the river of living water that is in you is a fulfillment of Ezekiel 47 until Christ returns for the fullness of that fulfillment. So Lord, thank you. We are the river that releases healing. We are the river that changes the water. We are the river that, that absorbs the poison and pours out purity. We are the river that turns the hearts of those who are lost into the hearts of those who need a king. Lord, we just thank you that you have broken open. You've broken us open. <laughs> You've broken us open, Lord, to the wonder and the ways that you have for us. Oh, we just say yes, Lord. Our favorite word is yes to you. <laughs> amen and amen, Jesus. Amen. Woo. Oh, fire of the Lord. You know, he loves a good fire. And he loves to stoke the fire that's already burning. Y'all sweating over there? Mm -hmm. They're usually the cold people, so yeah. Whew, that was a good word this morning, wasn't it? Good word. Good worship, good word. 
uh, the Lord had shown me that he wanted to do something a little different this morning. And I'm like, you go ahead. You go ahead of us because we'll just go where you want to go. Um, that's so good. So, Lord, even as we release the word this morning, uh, you just show us uh, how to take your word and transform it to our heart. Amen. So the Lord has been talking to me about being yielded. How many like to talk about being yielded with the Lord? And sometimes you think, well, I have, aren't I yielded? He's like, yeah, kind of, yeah. But we got some more yielding that we get to do. So I had this little experience. You know, I, I love uh, uh, sitting in the park by the water and just praying. And I'm sitting in the park by the water praying. And I read this book, Holy Spirit, that will completely wipe you out. I would encourage you to get it. Michael Kalinas, uh, Kulianas, that's who it is. And uh, it, it is it is transforming. So if you get a chance, uh, order it. It's really good. But I'm sitting there reading, kind of praying, crying, worshiping. And I see this man out of the corner of my eye. He's got a red shirt and red shoes on, tennis shoes on. He's walking and he limps on one side of his body. He's a young, maybe 40. Looked like maybe he'd had a stroke or something. And uh, Lord said, I want you to go minister to him. I'm like, okay. So he's walking and, you know, I'm piddling. I mean, I'm getting, I'm going to go. I just, actually, I need to go to the restroom just to be honest. So I go around, go to the restroom, and I knew he'd be on the other side. And uh, and as I'm going to the restroom, the Lord said, what you see is healing, but that's not what I'm releasing. I want you to go release my presence over him. I'm like, hmm. Okay, so, you know, going to pray for someone for healing is much easier than going to pray someone, hey, buddy, I just want to release the presence of God over you. I mean, my mind's going, oh, okay, okay. So I get over there and I introduce myself. I told him I was just sitting in my car reading, praying, and the Lord had told me that he knew him, the Lord, but he was distant. There was space going on right now. So I go over and I introduce myself, told him I was sitting in my car praying, you know, et cetera, and... Uh, and I said, you know, the Lord was telling me that you know him. And he's like, yeah. I said, okay. And I said, um, is there anything you want me to pray for? I thought, well, we'll get whatever else he has to. He says, well, I have some goals I'm trying to achieve. He wasn't really, uh, um, he's probably an introvert. He wasn't like over the top. I'm so glad you're here. Thank goodness <laughs> that you've, you've bothered me this morning. You know, he wasn't, uh-uh. But he was, he was cordial. Let's put it that way. So he said, I'm having some goals. I said, well, we'll pray for your goals. I said, but I really felt like the Lord wanted me to release his presence over you. Never blinked. He was like, okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I just began to pray, you know, the Lord's presence over him, pray for his goals. You know, just, it wasn't long. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, okay, great to meet you. And I'm moving on. And the Lord's like, you know, you have a thought, but I have a plan. I have a plan. And it's not that, you know, your thoughts are right or wrong. You know, I'm used to, I have experience with the Lord. So many times in the park, he will have me pray over people who need healing. So that is not an unusual thing. It is an experience. It's a normal with the Lord. But what, he's, what he was telling me is he said, I want you yielded at a moment's notice to what I want to do. And you have a pattern, but that pattern is going to be changed. And the pattern is yield. I'm like, 
Could I get a little bit more information? Yield. So, uh, and that's what I feel like is for this season. Even this morning as I was praying, I knew I was teasing Pastor Gene this morning because uh, I'd picked the songs out yesterday. And I said, did you bring the rain with you? And we were all talking, laughing. And uh, I said, well, you know, that's going to be our last song, Let It Rain. He said, well, then actually you brought it. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. But, you know, there's just this, this, this momentary movement that is so sensitive to what the Spirit wants to do in order for us to step in to a bigger splash, right? So we're going to read a little scripture. We're actually going to read a lot of scripture. So hang on. Um, we're going to go into Numbers 13. Uh, one of the things I had written down as, as the Lord was talking to me is he was saying that uh, we are the beloved of the Lord. And we're called to a yielded life that requires us to be in a state of awareness so that we can yield to his best. And that's what he always has for us is his best. He never has less than the best for us. I don't know. I'm the fourth child out of five. And um, a lot of times I got leftovers, you know, leftover dresses, leftover whatever, you know, it was passed along. So I would say it was the best when it was new, but it was second best when I got, by the time it got to me, third daughter. But God doesn't do a second best. He doesn't give us hand-me-downs. He gives us his very best. Amen. Okay. Numbers 13, 1. Uh, we know this story quite well, but the Lord actually started in Joshua with me, and we will go there at some point, but uh, to talk about it, and, but we're going to start in Numbers 13. And we know that uh, Israel is in the wilderness, right? And God has promised them a land. And 13.1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, even every one a leader among them. God has said to the people of Israel, to Moses, I am giving you the land. I'm giving it to you, right? So part of this process that we're going to talk about is understanding what has God said and what is our response in the day-to-day -day journey to receive what God has promised us. Are we yielded? To what he's promised. Are we yielded? Verse 17. Then Moses sent the spy, uh, sent them to spy out the land of Canaan. And he said to them, go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong or weak, few or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, whether they are forced there or not, be of good courage and bring some of the fruit of the land. Now, the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. You know, when Moses sends them out, he's given them a checklist. Here's the checklist. But along with the checklist, he says, be of good courage. He didn't say, go watch out, be afraid. He said, look for these things, mark it down, 
and have courage as you go. Verse 26, it says, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. They told them, I'm sorry, they told him and said, I'm I'm still a little shook up from uh, the presence of the Lord. I'm like... I'm starting to read and I get this little electric jolt and I'm like, I can almost see the page. I, the presence of the Lord. So Lord, we just thank you for your presence. Whew. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey and, and there's fruit in it. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. So they asked for the checklist. Here's the checklist. They're strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And we saw descendants of Anak there, the giants, the Amalites dwell there uh, in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. There are enemies over there. There's honey like you described. There's milk and honey. Here's what the land looks like. And here are all of our enemies that are lined up that cover the land. And Caleb, verse 30 says, Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, Let's go up at once, right now. And take possession, for we are able to overcome. We need the spirit of Caleb in this season. We need to be able to look at what's around us and say, God, this is my territory. And I see that not only does it have milk and honey, but it has all these fortified cities that I get. And every enemy that's in there, I get to run out because you've promised me the land. You've shown me what it looks like. The produce was so big, they have to carry it on poles. Look what I get. That's what Caleb saw. He understood in the natural the enemy. He understood that there would be some territory taken that would have to occur. But he did not see them as to be feared. He saw them as to be overtaken because the word of the Lord had already promised that they would have it. So think about this. Caleb was yielded to what the word said, not to what in the natural he saw. The word said it was milk and honey. The word said that you would take the land. The word said, God said to Moses, that's why they were going. That's why they left Egypt because they were going to the land of milk and honey. That's why they left. That's what was in Caleb. It wasn't just in his, that was what was tattooed across his heart. That's what was written across his mind. He did not look to say, wow, this is going to be hard. He said, let's go. 
It's here. The promise has come. I can go get the promise God has offered us. Let's go. They're like, oh, no. Mm. So we got two against eight, right? Were there no 12? Weren't there 12? Two against 10. Okay. So are we the Caleb with the spirit that can only see what the word of God is about to produce for us? Or are we the 10 who see every obstacle, every impossibility, every closed door when God has just opened it? You know, we played that old song, Majesty, right, by Jack Hayford. And the reason we played it is because I had a dream that that song would be outlawed and no longer be able to be played in our state. That there was a war coming against the majesty of God. And I thought this morning, I mean, when I had the dream, I sent it out to a couple of people to be praying on, but I was like, we're singing that song. We're declaring that that will not occur. We're taking authority over the territory God has already given us. We have this land. God is. He's given us what we need to overcome every principality, every territorial spirit, every enemy that comes against us. He's given us what we need. He's given us, we're going to even have an impartation of a Caleb spirit today. Thank you, Lord. I just, he just, he's like, we're going to release this. So Caleb, I'm going to read it again. Let's go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Say, I am well able. able. That is so good. That sounded so good to overcome it. Every enemy that we face, we are well able to overcome. Well able. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And we know that we face opposition within the body who can't see the move of God and what he's doing. We know that that's true. That's the reason God sends the prophets so they can declare what God is doing in order for the body of Christ to get behind the move of God. He doesn't do anything before he tells the prophets. We just had two prophetic words to declare what God is doing so that we can get up behind God and follow him into where he's taken us into the territory. So we will have people that will oppose us and they will either go with us or we'll have to go without them. Even uh, Matt prayed about closing the doors on relationships. Sometimes a relationship is for a season. It's not for a lifetime. And where there was fruit and, and encouragement and breakthrough with those relationships, when God says it's time for you to take the land where the enemies dwell because the milk and honey, the promise is there, and they are against you, you're going to have to go without them. And it doesn't mean you don't love them. It just means they're not going to go with you. But God will bring others around you that will go with you. Yes. 
verse 32, and they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Understand that the body of Christ right now is following the lesser vision. It is. When God talks about a remnant in the word, he's serious. He's serious. When the bulk of the body of Christ is following the lesser way, the way of least resistance, the way that's going to keep them safe instead of bringing breakthrough, then there has to be some gate crashers amongst the body that's be, that has the Caleb spirit that will take us over to the next place. And I want to be a gate crasher. I want to be with the spirit of Caleb. I want you to be that. I want everyone watching online to say, you know what? I don't care what it looks like. What I care about is what did the Lord say? What does the word say? And I'm going to live out of the milk and honey of the word, not the fear of the land. These are serious times. These are serious times. I have something else to say, but it can't be recorded, so I'm not going to say it. But, uh, you know, now they, they uh, follow the algorithms and certain verbiages online so that they begin to block and take down your sites and all that kind of stuff. So just FYI, just so you guys know that uh, if you even care. But um, so they saw, oh, I love this part of the very end of verse 33. It says, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we're, so we were in their sight. So the power of the Lord that moved them out of Egypt, that fed them manna and quail, that was a cloud by day, a fire by night, the very presence of the living God made the people be intimidated and feel like grasshoppers in front of what they deemed someone stronger. We are not grasshoppers in this land. We are not grasshoppers. We carry the spirit of the living God in us. We carry the power of the spirit on us. We are not grasshoppers. We are not grasshoppers. In fact, what does the word say? That we have crushed the enemy underneath our feet. So really, our enemy, they're grasshoppers. Right? We, we are crushers, squishers. Have you ever stepped on a grasshopper? It's kind, of, kind of makes some noise, too, when you do it, too. Guys will crunch it. 14 verse 1. I mean, when you think about it, it is quite humorous. Because we think, oh, we're all people. No, no. We're all people, but then there are resurrected, power-filled, spirit-living people that make us different from all others that don't know Christ. It does. Otherwise, why would we believe? Why would we follow something, someone that makes us vanilla? He didn't make us vanilla. He made us fire. He made us power. He made us love. He made us to be able to pour out like a river of living water wherever we go. Verse uh, 14, verse 1. 
So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. How about that? Have we seen that happen across the body of Christ? Where the mountain in front of us made us cry? Made us say there is no hope? Made us say, oh, what would we do? Made us say that this problem is way too insurmountable? Maybe God would show up. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. If only we had stayed back where we were oppressed. We'd stayed back where we didn't have a voice. We stayed back where we were slaves to a, a, uh, uh, an oppressive king. If only we had stayed back for what was familiar so we wouldn't have to risk the unknown of what God has for us if we had only stayed back and died in our comfort. I'd say no, thank you. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Would it not have been better for us to return to Egypt? So let's get a new leader. (laughs) Never heard that one before. We're tired of following you through uh, the gate crashing and all that. Let's just find somebody else who's a little more chilled who doesn't really want the Holy Spirit to move through them that much. Let's just find someone who could be calm. Somebody be calm, okay? Can you imagine? And even though this is quite exaggerated, you know, this morning, even thinking about it, but it happens all the time. When God says move, 80% say, let's go follow someone else. Let's follow someone who doesn't push me to be a better wife, that doesn't push me to be a better husband, that doesn't push me to take my company to a whole new level where God is moving in it, even though my company is not saved. Let's go find someone who isn't going to ask me to stand up and give a testimony to who God is. Who isn't going to call on me in the middle of service and go, you have a word, right? Let's go find somebody who's not going to push me to the best God has for me. That is what they're saying. That is what they're saying. They're saying God pulled us out of Egypt. We were so glad to be free until he actually told us he had a promise that's going to cost us our comfort. It's going to cost us because we're going to have to give up fear and follow in faith. Let's find out who God really is. He's good to his promises. So I want to go back to where there's no promise. I want to go back to where I don't have to have any faith. I don't have to do anything but my mundane day. And then die. That's what they're saying. And you know, the journey with God 
is one that takes risk. It takes you to swallow your fear and your pride and anything else that might get in the way and yield. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. God is good to us. He is. So uh, there's two other, a couple other scriptures that I'm going to read and then we're going to stop. But uh, I feel like God wants to stir up that boldness and that fearlessness and that growl inside of us where we're like, I want those giant grapes. You know, I want the abundance of milk and honey in my promise. And I see my obstacles, but they are not really obstacles. They are victories that I will have because I believe in the promises that God has given me over my family, over my territory, over my children's children. I am inheriting from my past into my future because God has spoken that over me, right? We want all those kids in there to be filled with the fire, to have that Caleb anointing, right? Uh, we're going somewhere. Verse 26 out of uh, uh, Numbers 14. The Lord began to speak to Mo spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, How long shall I bear with this evil congregation who complained against me? How long? I've heard the complaints which the children of Israel have made against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just if you have spoken uh, in my hearing, so will I do to you. The carcasses of you who have complained against me shall fall in this wilderness. All of you who were numbered according to your entire number from 20 years old and above. He said to them, because you would not yield and believe my word, you will not receive the promise that I gave you. Because you have complained against me, you have rebelled against me, you won't receive it. The biggest part of the promise you got was I got you out of Egypt. You'll never cross over into the land of milk and honey. You'll never partake of the fullness that I had planned. Never. Your promise stopped at your freedom from Egypt and won't go no further. And then you'll die. And when you think about it, God is calling us to say, I want the fullness. I'm not going to complain against you, even though sometimes I do. God, are you really? Do you want me to do that? God, are you kidding me? God, can't you do something right now? But those kind of conversations with God is what makes us go deeper with him. We aren't complaining and wanting to kill our leaders most of the time. We, but, but what we're doing is we're saying, God, I don't understand. I need clarity. But even though I don't understand, I will yield to your promise and I will follow your instructions and I will step in to the promised land that you have promised me, not only through your word, but through the prophetic, through, through what you've spoken to me in the secret place. I am going to step into the fullness because I'm going to yield completely to the God who knows what is best. Right? 
whew, he knows what is best. So all except Joshua and Caleb died without seeing the promise of God. They all had the same opportunity. They had the same possibility. They had the same open door. But when they complained against God, the door was shut. No longer was it available for them to go through the promised land. And I'm not going to read all this, but they even come back and say, let's go do it. Let's do it. We don't want to die. They try to go up against the enemy. The enemy destroys them. Because there's a timing for things too. There is a timing. Okay, we're going to end on Joshua uh, 14. Because I just want to finish this, come full circle in this. You know, that, that makes my heart race with excitement, but it also just makes me tremble with that fear of the Lord. I'm always like, search me, God. He's like, you sure? I'm like, yes. But really, there's been a lot of cutting away. There's been a lot of pruning this month of January. I don't, the pruning doesn't usually come in January. It's usually more around the fall, you know, when there's uh, the Day of Atonement and all that. But I, I've got some January pruning. And it's all good. But, you know, it was things I didn't even realize was going on. And I'm like, okay. So we get to verse 7 in uh, chapter 14 of Joshua. And here's Caleb. I love Caleb. He says, okay, listen to this. And he's talking to Joshua. He says, listen to this. I want you to listen to this. It was 40, uh, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from uh, Kadesh uh, Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me uh, made the heart of the people melt. But I wholly followed the Lord my God. That is our declaration. That is that I wholly follow the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children forever because you have wholly followed the Lord God. Now listen to this, guys. It will be your inheritance and your children's inheritance forever because you Holy, followed the Lord your God, right? And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years. Ever since the Lord spoke the word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old. Yep, as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me just as my strength was then. So now my strength is for war for both going out and coming in. We want to be as strong. I declare that all the time. I'm as strong now as I was when I was 25. My eyes have not grown dim. My body has not lost its vigor because I'm going to work the promise of my inheritance until the day the Lord scoops me up. I am not going to sit in a nursing home. I'm not going to retire and watch TV. I am going to be as strong and resilient and as determined to follow the Lord, my God, 
holy so that my children and my children's children live and a flow of inheritance that I receive because I wholly follow the Lord, right? That is our declaration. So not only are we going to go out for war, because we do. We go out into our neighborhoods. We go out into our workplaces. There's war there. But we come in to the most holy place. And we are filled and even patched up when we need to get patched up. And then we go back out because we're not only going to hold our territory, but we're going to take the territory ahead of us God has for us. We are not letting up till we have the fullness of our promised land in order to glorify God and let his kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. We have an assignment for territory. We have an assignment for inheritance. We have a promise that will be fulfilled when we wholly follow the Lord our God with all all of our might, all of our strength, all of our will, completely surrendered to who he is, right? So Caleb got it all. He got it all. I want it all. I want it all. I don't want 99%. If I can have 150%, I want that. But I don't know how that works. You know, people say I give 150%. I don't know. I just know I want it all. I want when it's time for me to go, I want my kids and my grandkids and my great grandkids surrounding me. And I want them to say the one thing about my CC is she got the fullness that God has promised her and it has overflowed into my family and my children's children. I want them to say, God, look what you have done. Because she wholly followed. I want that to be our vision. And we might not know the minute details, but God is saying, yield. And I'll work the rest of it out. Amen? Amen. Okay, if you guys are going to stand, I'm just going to impart a Caleb spirit on all of us. Whew. I am still a little bit shaken from uh, today. So, uh, huh? Oh, yeah, Gene wants to add too. Apparently, we're going to have re- preaching round four or something. I don't know. No, I just, and you talk about releasing in Caleb's spirit. Uh, you know, after they heard the evil report, you know, about the giants and the sons of Anak and all that stuff, I, I, in Numbers chapter 14, I was just, it, was just it, it just stood out to me. It says, only do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land, for they are our bread. God is going to give us an appetite for our enemies. They are going to be our lunch. The opposition that you face, even if it's personal opposition in your own body and in your own mind, uh, if it's opposition that's in your family, opposition in your assignment, in your workplace, whatever, don't see it as a threat anymore. It's about to become an appetizer for what God's about to do. He's going to give you an appetite for conflict. Hallelujah. An appetite for war and an appetite for victory. Good. That's really good. Well, I think we all probably have an appetite for lunch, too. (laughs) But that is a good word. Think about it, because it completely reframes everything. We aren't grasshoppers. 
they're our nourishment. We're going to eat, destroy, transform whatever God's got. And so, God, we just thank you that we wholly follow you. We are yielded to your spirit. And, Lord, I just want to impart the spirit of Caleb. That where we are, uh, we can only see what is in the word, what is in the promise. And the opposition is like our bread. So God, we just thank you for that. And that we have strength. We have more strength now, even when we were, when we were 20 or 25 years old, Lord. And that our eyes will not grow dim. Our body will not lose our vigor. That healing in any place we need will rise up under the spirit of the Lord. So I just release that Caleb spirit in all of us. And this ferocious, fiery, unequivocal desire to please only you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.